When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello there, beautiful human. Thank you so much for tapping on our conversation with Ian Dior. It is an honor to be in your ears today. I'm a big fan of his. We have a lot to discuss. So please share this podcast with those you care about. Hit subscribe, hit like, and get ready. Let's talk with Ian Dior. Hello, beautiful human. I'm so excited to say this. Ian Dior is in the studio. Yes. Yo. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Dude, it is, uh, gosh, it's been a crazy few years for you, but your story is so insane in the best way possible. I mean, like, like. First of all, why you're why you are late is such a ridiculous like first world rich person problem that we just need to acknowledge it. I mean, like you're late because you lost your key because you were driving your fancy Hellcat thing, right? No, no. no. So, so last night um, after the studio, me and my homies were like, we were looking at the dirt bikes in the garage. And we're like, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> so we hopped on the dirt bikes and we're mobbing it like everywhere, like around my uh, Encino and. I was wearing sweats with my keys in my pocket and I'm pretty sure they fell out. I I thought maybe I left them like where I last ate, but they weren't there. So that's the last like solution. Definitely dropped them when I was riding. So you lose your key, but because you have so many cars in your driveway, you can't get another car out. Correct. Yeah. And like, it's a Lamborghini. You got uh, a five Oh and then the Hellcats pretty much blocking it all of them out <laughs> that's crazy yeah it's kind of unfortunate i mean what what a, what a what a rich person problem to have <laughs> like truly do you think of that like to have so many cars than being fancy very expensive cars like because you really you're like understanding your story i mean you at one point didn't have you barely had anything correct you're from puerto rico and you grew up yeah. there for the first six years of your life yeah and i mean when i moved here i had 300 dollars in my pocket like not knowing what the fuck was gonna happen <laughs> Is that, like, is that crazy? It's insane. Honestly, I don't really think about it much, but like, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's kind of soaking in right now that you're like it is, bringing light to it. There's also a, like a path that you could have walked as a human being. You could have joined the Navy. Like your dad wanted you to join the Navy. Like you move here from Puerto Rico, you go to Corpus Christi, Texas, correct? Yeah. But your Spanish is your first language. Yep. But you've never cut a record in Spanish. Is that right? Um... Before no, but now we got we got a couple, and you know maybe maybe summertime there'll be one that comes out. Okay, you haven't put one out in the world, but I've you, been I've been making them. Yeah, what is it like to create music in your? I mean, that was the first language you spoke. Yeah, honestly, it's kind of like re, like it felt like I was starting music all over again, like and it was really cool. Like I I had so much fun in in like the sessions that I did. I went to Miami for like a week and. 
uh, Tiny and Albert and like all those guys. Like I hung out with them for the week and you know, they're all Puerto Rican. So it was like really nice. I felt like I was like at home, you know, and we went to the studio and just like cooked up for the whole week and super fun. Can you describe that feeling of like, like being reintroduced to something that you had been doing for, I mean, not many, many, many years previous, but I mean, long time, like since you were in high school, correct? Yeah. I mean, it just, like I said, like it just felt like, felt new and like, I was having so much fun, you know, it was like, it, w it didn't feel like I was recording. It just felt like I was just like trying something different and I don't know, like, and it, it's always fun too. Cause like after I make the songs, I'll send it to my mom and be like, you like it or you hate it. <laughs> and? And she didn't like one of them and she told me that she liked the other one. So I was like, all right, sick. We're not dropping that. What does it feel like to get feedback from your mom? And correct me if I'm wrong, but your mom and your dad didn't really support you doing this and that rose tattoo is what kept you from following the path that they wanted you to yeah. take. You know, I don't blame them because coming from where I come from and, you know, my dad working so hard to, you know, keep us afloat for me to be like, oh, I want to be a rapper. I'm not going to college. He was like, what? Like, he was like me telling him I want to be a superhero. Like, I want to be Superman. Like, I want to go do this and, and I'm going to make it work. And he did not like that and I I remember I came home one day from I was working at Walmart and I worked in the apparel section it's worst shit ever <laughs> <laughs> I would fold all these clothes and then I just see a mom come in and nah, nah. <laughs> ruin like, all of it I'm like bro like I can't do this forever but yeah he calls me while I'm on my lunch break and he's like I'm worried for you you know this music stuff isn't gonna work out I don't know what you're thinking and I'm going to send you to the Navy. And I just hung up on him. I was like, nope. Blocked that out of my mind. I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I was like, how do I prevent this from happening? Because I'm living in this house. So, like, you know, it's going to be hard. And I look up on, on Google how to prevent from going to the Navy at 18. And it says you can't enlist in the Navy at 18 if you have visible hand tattoos. Damn. So I went to my homie that does tattoos in his crib and paid $25 and got both of these hand tattoos. Went right back to Walmart. While I was at Walmart, I got fired because I had tattoos. And they're like, you just got them, they're fresh. Like, you can see it, it was fresh. I was like, Fuck it, all right, I don't wanna work here anyways, I'm done. Leave, go home, and I remember we were just eating and I'm purposely eating with this hand. <laughs> and I just remember he grabs my hand and he just freaks out, get kicked out of the crib and I mean, I was living, my boy Halftime, me and him were like sharing this studio in my hometown and I just slept on that futon for like six months. And then after that, I got hit up to come out here. Do you see your parents after that? I, I mean like- Yeah, yeah. I mean, my mom now, like I bought her house and a new car and you know, all this stuff. And she's, she's, I mean, she's always supported me. She was just scared, you know? I kind of get it. Yeah. Like this, they made great sacrifices and to they get us there. You yeah, know, and they like, gave up so much for you to, I mean, even get the bare minimum here, which is so much more than what they had yeah. and what you had in Puerto Rico, I'm assuming. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it is like, it, it could initially be seen as squandering. Yeah, and that's why I don't blame them, you know? And plus that fueled me to go way harder and to make sure yeah. that when I got here, I was never coming back. Because I like, I, I remember I changed my name on the way to LA, to Ian Dior, 
because I didn't want to be, you know, I was going by Oma, which was like my last name. Oma or Lil Rock, yeah? Yeah, Lil Rock, we could erase that, and that was okay. that never happened. I lost <laughs> followers when I changed my name to that. <laughs> I said nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, I, I just didn't like that person. I was like, I don't want to be that anymore. So whenever I was on that flight coming out here, I took my middle name and I took that brand that I could never afford. Like, Dior was definitely like out of price range. I remember I would, I would work and I'd spend my whole check on a pair of shoes or like jeans that like I wanted just like because I wanted to feel good and yeah Dior was definitely something I even if I I could I had to save like three four checks just to get a, something from there and yeah so I used that and moved out here three hundred dollars in my pocket first time flying by myself so I didn't think that you had I forgot that you had to get your baggage from the baggage claim <laughs> so I ran straight outside just to breathe in the air. <laughs> And I didn't know what an Uber was because they didn't have those in Corpus. So I, the first thing I did was a taxi, called the taxi over. And from from LAX to Studio City, where I, where I was staying at, $375. Yeah. So my first instinct is run. <laughs> so I jumped out of the taxi and I ran straight to his door. And I was like banging on like, let me in, let me in, let me in. Like, I can't pay for this. So he was nice enough. He went down there, paid for the taxi. And Who is it? Who, uh, Taz Taylor. Is this internet money? Yeah. Because they find your music on SoundCloud. So like the way it happened is I was, I was, or Taz and them were internet money. Trevor Daniel was on a tour and they were in San Antonio. And I had, he had previously hit me on Instagram and said like, yo, like I fuck with you. So I was like, bet. So I'm, I went over there to San Antonio. I didn't even go to the CSO. I just went over to see him. And I waited till after the show, walk up to him. And I'm like, yo, like, what's up? And he was like, oh, I know you're that kid that makes like some rap. It's like kind of rock at the same time. And he's like, I'll fuck with you. Like, you should come out to LA. Cool. We like settle that. Go back home. Me and my, the boys are hyped. Like, we're like, going to LA. We're going to LA. Ah, like freaking out. And like a week goes by. We don't hear nothing. So we're like, like, damn, like, it's not going to happen. Another week goes by, and then he finally hits me. He's like, yo, like, come out. Like, I'm going to fly you out. And I'm like, bet, like, how long am I going to be out there? And he was like, I don't know yet. Just come. So I'm like, say less. So that's when I fly out there and <laughs> do all that stuff. So I mean, are you afraid? <clears throat> no, I'm afraid to stay in my hometown. Yeah. I was, like, scared to have that hometown mentality. I had friends that were like, oh, I'm just going to stay here, get a house, you know, maybe get a wife and have some kids. I'm like, is that it? Like, all you want for your life? I'm like, no. I was like, I need to get out of here before that. Like, I end up like that. I don't want to be that. So when I got out here, like, my main goal was, like, if the music stuff doesn't work out, like, I'll be an actor. I'll do something. Like, I just, I'm, I got to make sure I never go back home. When did you realize the music was working? When I went out there. Like, I, th I was out here for, like, two weeks, dropped two songs now I have 12 label meetings. Yeah, it was crazy. It, was, it just happened instantly. What song changes your life more? A song like, is it, does it stand for Where You At, W-Y-A? Yeah. Is, is that song or Mood? Where You At. Because, really? Yeah, that's when I got kicked out of my house. And <laughs> everybody was asking me where I, where I was. And I wasn't. Where, where You At? Me. Yeah. <laughs> so I made this song and that was like the, the first song that I ever released. And it was just like, I think it got like 14,000 plays on SoundCloud and that's like the coolest shit that's ever happened to me you know like so i'm like 
I'm loving it. I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to do. There's no way that 14,000 people just like listen to that. You really felt that like in that moment that this was like what you were destined. Yep. That's crazy. In that moment, I just knew. I was like, because I never in my life did I ever think, oh, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to be an artist. Like, I always wanted to be a movie star. Mm. I was sitting in the back of my mom's car and I was telling her, I'm moving to LA. <laughs> and her famous quote is, you better get a good job. And in my head, I was like, fuck a job. Like, I don't want to work no job. Like, so yeah. So I'm, how do you know you can rap? Like, why was music, if movies was what you, you, you kept saying and it's what you saw in your mind's eye, when did music and being able to rap and rhyme it, it come into the picture. I mean, I just saw like, like Lil Pump and like Yachty and like all these guys, and I thought were so cool. And I, was like, I could just, I could be just as cool as them. Like, why not just try it? You know, like seeing Yachty come up was like the most organic shit ever. Like, yeah. he just like he just did it, and it happened. And so I was like, all right, let me try. Like, let me try to do that. And and as soon as I got like that first like couple streams on that song, I was like. Yes. Do you remember the first time like you wrote down a rhyme? Like where did like the first was it, was it a rhyme? Was it a poem? What yeah, was it? I would write poems, and it would always be in history class because I never cared about what that dude was saying. <laughs> and like, and he was he was honestly cool. He's a coach, so like he didn't care. He was like, if you want to fail, you fail. Go ahead. So I'm like, bad. Thank you for allowing me to do that. <laughs> Thanks for giving me the time to fail. Literally. Yeah. And I would just sit there and I'd write in my in my notebook, and just like all day, you know, and. Like some people would like make fun of me and shit because I would walk around with a dictionary in my hand. Was that for vocabulary, rhyming, what? Yeah, I just wanted to expand my vocabulary. I was like, if I'm gonna make songs, I gotta know every word in the book. So I'd walk around with this dictionary and like people would like make fun of me and shit. But I would just laugh at them. I'm like, you don't even know what's about to happen. That's crazy. Yeah. Where are you at? Like the first time you ever like recorded your own vocals? Yeah, it was the first time. I remember my boy RJ Boy, he, he had like a little studio in his room and they were just like, all right, record. I'm like, like, oh. So, like, I remember, like, I got, like, all nervous and shit, and, and I went into his bathroom and went to, on to YouTube to because I didn't have a, a track. I didn't have no, no beat to it. I just wrote it. So, like, oh. I went in the bathroom and just went on YouTube and started listening to high beats. Perfect. <laughs> this one fits. So I walked back out there, like, all right, I'm like, let's record. So you used the beat you probably shouldn't have been using. Yeah, the beat that wasn't made with that song. Like, I just kind of put it on there, and, and it changed the melody and everything and just made it fit to that. And it just worked out. But hearing this story, does it offend you to think that like people thought you were an industry plant so much so that you created a body of work around it? It did. It like really made it made me feel like people were like stripping me away from all the hard work that I did because I worked my ass off to just get to LA. Yeah, like in general. So like, or just to survive to get to the point where you can get like to LA. at that point in my life, I was living off Jack in the Box tacos. You know, like I was not in a good situation. So like. Like going out there signing my deal and all that stuff, like I was, it was a super proud moment for me. And then quickly after that, I guess since it happened so fast, people were like, Oh, you're an industry plan, you're an industry plan. And I didn't know what that meant. So I was like, Whatever. And then I started like to hear about it and, you know, hear like what it means and all this stuff. And that's when I was like, What? Like, how? Like, how? You know, how am I an industry plan, whatever. But I didn't, I never really cared. You know, I know my story. And I'll forever tell my story. You know, people can think whatever they want to. You talked about, like, buying nice things or designer things. Back then, it made you feel good. Mm. What makes you feel good today? My family. Like, making the, sure that they're happy. And, the, the same family that didn't necessarily support. <laughs> yeah. What can get, well, what gives you the means and the resource to make them happy? 
I mean, just taking care of them makes me happy. Being that person. I've always wanted to be a leader and a supporter. Mm-hmm. So, like, now being able to do that. Because at the end of the day, my parents supported me, and they, like, they took care of me. Like, I'll never forget that. And, you know, so I, if I can help them, I'll do that. You, know? you had one of the biggest songs of 2020. What was it? What year, what year did Mood come out? I mean, I have a like plaque th- because of it because I played it so fucking much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I think it came out like at the end of 2019. Damn. Like into 2020. God, I have no perception of time due to COVID, like, dude. I could be totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> God, it could be 1982 for all I know. I have no clue. Are you surprised that that song did what it did? Because you just did it in his apartment, correct? Yeah, in my apartment. I Your was, apartment. Yeah, I was. Li- we we're living, or I was living in a one-bedroom apartment at Circa. Cool. I just told Omer to come over. He brought Golden with him, and we're just vibing, playing COD, like, <laughs> like just chilling, dude. And, and then we're just like, all right, let's let's cook up. Made mood. What does it start with? Why you always in a mood? Fucking acting brand new. Like that was the first thing. I was like, all right, like that's that's tough. Came in there, did my thing, wrapped the song up, and then we're like, all right, dope, we'll go back to playing COD. We'll play Call of Duty again. And like, is it just the two of you? It was me, Omer, Golden, and uh, my boy Halftime. It was, Got it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we didn't, we knew the song was fire. Like, you know, we made it. It's fucking fire. Like, <laughs> but like, we weren't thinking, like, oh, this is going to go number one. Like, this is going to be the record of the year. Mm. We weren't thinking that. Like, until like, I'd say like right before it was about to come out, like we we're all like, "Bro, this shit is like gas. It's really good." And when it came out, we were all like all happy, stoked, whatever. But then I never really cared about like the Billboard stuff, you know, or just like didn't like sit with me, you know. Like I just cared about the music, yeah. You know, I never was like, "I want a number one album. I want a number one song." Never like that. Never had that mentality. And when I went number one, I remember Andale calls me. She's like, "Are you sitting down?" I'm like, yeah, what's up? Like, who died? <laughs> you know, like, like, what is going on? And she's like, you're number one in the world. I'm like, what? She's like, you're number one on Billboard. Mood is number one. I'm like, okay, is the studio open? She's like, Ian, what? She's like, you're number one. Like, are you excited? I'm like, yeah, that's great. Is the studio open? Like, can I go record? Like, and... I just didn't like really understand like what it was. Do you want to fully process it? No, I don't. I feel like it's better that way. Yeah, it's way better. Like, let's go get another one. Yeah, that's and and not fully processing it like keeps you in a mindset of like groundedness. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I just care about the music. Like that's the only thing I ever cared about. Like everything, because like I remember when I first moved out here. It's like when I started to realize that it's not just music. There's a whole, like, there's politics behind it. There's, you know, there's a whole industry. So, like... But even though it's more democratized today than it's ever been, like, yeah. the, the opportunity to have a hit record because platforms are at your fingertips, it exists. But you're... It's true, though. There's still politics that control those levers. Yeah. And, like, I never wanted to think about that. Never wanted to, like, corrupt my mind with all that stuff. Like, because I feel like it starts, like, slowly starts to distract you from what you're supposed to be doing. And, like your mind will be like just spiraling, like thinking about what other people's opinions are. Has your creative process changed between where you at and mood? Definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, before then I couldn't freestyle. Like I I just sit there, it would take me like two, maybe like a week to write one song, like perfectly, the way I liked it. And now like, 
We're making like two songs a session. Uh, so what do you do? Like, what what do you freestyle to a beat? Do you just yeah? So like mumble rap. What is it? We'll go in the studio, and I never really like to like work on you know beats that were previously made because I'm sure other people have heard those before, mm. and it kind of bothers me. So like I like to work from scratch, and you know we'll work from scratch. Start with the guitar. I like to start with the guitar, and that's whenever the melodies start coming out. Like I'll start thinking of like a chorus melody, and you know from there by the time the guitar gets to the computer, I already have an idea of what I'm going to do. Mm. And so they're building out the track. I already have the whole song in my head. So like I go in there and I'll start doing the melodies. I won't say words completely yet. I'll say, I'll mumble it. Got it. That way, like I don't get stuck to one thing. And you know, once I do that, I'll do like three or four passes of just like mumble melodies and I'll come out and I'll sit there with the engineer and we'll chop it up and pick like, the best melodies like okay that looks good with that i might have done that over here towards the end of the song but i'll put it over here because it sounds good with this part and after that that's whenever i'll just write it i'll sit there and start writing to it and yeah i mean that's you like place words to the mumble exactly like i'll hear what i was trying to say i get it like because maybe i was trying to say like about but it could be coming out as like a different word like when you listen to it and it kind of like, I don't know, for some reason it just helps me piece the story together. Do you channel emotion while you mumble? Definitely. Does the emotion match the story you're looking to tell or the the guitar that you're starting with? It matches the story. I mean, it also matches the, the guitar as well because like the guitar is always like what brings the story out to me. Uh. Like uh, it'll take me back to like a time in my life and I'm like, oh, fuck. So you don't go in knowing what you want to talk about no i never try to overthink it i feel like if you go in there like okay let's make this you're gonna try to make that and it's not gonna be anything near like what you wanted so like i'd rather because i've had sessions like that where like i'm like okay i want to go in there and make this like something like this and it never comes out how i like it like i've never put out any of those songs so like i'd rather just go in there and just create with everybody in the room i involve everybody in the room because you know one the vibe needs to be right Everybody needs to have a purpose in the studio. Needs to be like working on something at least. And I don't know. I feel like if we're all on the same page on like like where we're at and like we just want to create, then that's when my best songs come out. Are you working with the same people? I majorly work with you know a lot of the same people, but I I like to you know branch out to like new new producers and stuff to see like what they bring out of me. Is it scary to work with somebody new? Um, not necessarily. I, I mean, it's never been scary for me. You know, um, I mean, like having a session with like Max Martin or something will probably make me a little nervous. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, casual. This guy's a fucking legend. So, yeah. um, but no, nah, like, I think it's, I think it's fun. You know, I love meeting new people and like, they always have a different outlook on music than I do. So it's like cool to like put those two things together and, and see what we make. And, and by the way, usually the legends are the ones who make you feel the most comfortable. Yeah. Cause you really forget Max yeah. Martin in particular. It's crazy. Crazy. Guy. Were you just in the studio with uh, Justin Trancer? Yeah. How was that? He's great. I love him. See, like, that's a pop look. Like, that's a totally different... I would have never... If you were to be like, who do you think I'd do a session with? I would have never just randomly said Justin. Justin, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, nowadays, like, I'm just trying new things. Because, you know, majorly, like, my beginning of my career was only internet money. Mm -hmm. So, like, branching out was, like, something that I really wanted to do. And I wanted to see, like, what more was out there for me. And, you know, people like Justin Tranter, like, it's cool to go in there in a session with them. He's the dopest person ever. Like, I walk in the studio, he's just sitting there drinking his coffee, and he's just like, hey. You know, and, like, already, like, feel like I'm comfortable around you, you know? Like, and that's, like, the best thing to have in the studio. 
Because then you're right, like you do forget about everything else. And what do you learn from him? Oh man, I don't know. His energy is just great. Like in the studio, we're laughing, dancing around like to the song that we made. Like it was just, it was a good vibe. And um, he was just telling me about his life and stuff. And, you know, as he's funny, he's like, everybody just hates me because I'm fabulous. Like, <laughs> you know, like Justin, he, he's, a, he's good people. You know, and I always love meeting good people in the studio because those are the people that like outside of the studio, like we'll be, we'll be homies. So when you're in with him, are you considering yourself a rapper? You're just considering yourself an artist? Are, are you an singing? Artist? Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, is like these people will be surprised because they're expecting me to go in there and like, la, 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 la. Like I'll start rapping on it. Mm. And they're like, whoa. You know, because like right now, like the last album that I put out was a bunch of different genres together because that was the third album that I made before I actually put that one out. I made one album. No, I hate it. Scrap it. Made another one. No, it's terrible. Scrap it. Then I made this one. And I was like, okay, like this is it. How do you know? Just feel it, you know. And that was like a time in my life when I was like really like going through it, and you know, with like substances and you know all this stuff, and I just wasn't in the right mindset, and I just made all this crazy music, and I was like really like letting out everything, and. To me, that, that's the most special thing about music is if I can, like, it's like my therapy. If I can fully let everything out that I'm thinking of and that, like, I'm feeling, then that's what I want to put out. I don't want to put out a song because you think it's a hit. You know, like, that's not me. Is there a cross-section, though, like an intersection where the two can meet? Where you let everything out, but, like, it happens to also be a hit? Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, there's definitely songs like that, and those are the best. Those are the best ones. Is mood one of those? For sure. I mean, that was a time in my life whenever I was running around with this girl that was out of her mind, and ah, she, she she did it for me on that one, for sure. <laughs> I mean, Thank it, you. That's a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, gift that it's going to give every quarter for a long time. Yeah, for your children. Yeah, I mean, literally, like think about that. That's like, I mean, I mean, songs like that last forever. They do, and I mean that's another thing about music that I love is like making timeless music not something that's just gonna live in this moment for now that's just like hot for the second like I want to make something that your grandma's listening to and she loves it but not everything can be timeless I know that's that, very true but like people do you strive for it do you actively strive for it or is it just something that if it happens it happens yeah, if it happens it happens you know and it's like I never like I said I never go into the studio trying to make one thing because like that's whenever like you kind of get stuck didn't you say you made a uh, 500 songs for on to better things? Yeah. How do you, how do you narrow down 500 to like 14 or 15? How do you keep track of 500 songs? Well, it's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Call my whole team. Like I need all you guys here. We sit in my home studio. I'm like, all right guys, we're going to be here for a little bit. <laughs> track one out of 500. Go. Trap in. <laughs> keep notes. Yeah. And you know, we'll have a whiteboard and, if we don't love it, like if I don't love it in like the five, first like five seconds of it, skip next one and I'll keep going until like, all right, we, we like this one, but we don't love it. Let's put it on the board on this side. The ones we love are on this side. And then we just start to narrow it down slowly. Are, are you keeping that same approach or you write hundreds of songs and then narrow it down or? Yeah, because every day I, I mean, I obviously feel different. You know, I record every day. I try to. And if I don't, then it's because I, you know, just want to go live my life for a second. Yeah, fair. Yeah, but I mean, every day it feels different. I'll make a song, and you know, I'll love it that day. But maybe in like a week, I won't feel that way anymore, and I'll just put it to the side. I have so many songs in the vault that like we'll probably never see the, the light of day. 
how did you meet Travis Barker? So he did drums on Dark Side um, for Industry Plant. Yeah, well, he did two songs, didn't he? On Industry, what did no, he? I think he did. He did the one, unless I'm mistaken. I thought there was. I mean, there could be just one. I thought there was two. Dark Side was the one that I did meet him from, though. Got like, it. So he did the drums, and I had texted him like right after that. I was like, dude, this is so fucking awesome. Like, can't believe that you like just did drums on my song, you know? And he like he really fucked with me. He wanted me to come by to the studio, and I went through. And I had met MGK like before that, like at um, where were we? Some fucking club. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it was called, but um, yeah, I met him there like briefly. Like, just said, "What's up? What's up?" I just remember thinking like, "This motherfucker's tall as hell, bro." (laughs) (laughs) And I met. He was at Travis's whenever I went through, and that's whenever like we like finally connected, and. I like could easily say that was like one of my favorite sessions I've ever had. I just had the best time, like genuinely, just had a great time. A session for what? Your record or fake? so I pulled up there to record with Trav, but Kells was there, so I was like, dude, let's just make some shit. And we made nothing inside and sick and tired that same day. Wow. So I was like, yes, like this is this is great. What was it about the flow that was just right? Just the energy in the room. Like I instantly feel like, all right, you're my like y'all are my bros. Like, like good people, you know, like that's what it goes back to what I was saying. Like meeting good people will take a studio session like so far that you wouldn't even like, you'd be surprised. Like just having good energy in the studio, like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's just, it's the, mo- the ideal thing, you know, like, cause th- think about trying to make a song with somebody that you don't fuck with. Yeah. To create something from nothing with somebody you're, you don't fuck with. You're going to make a diss track. Oh yeah. Like. Or nothing. Or nothing. You won't get a single thing. And you won't open up? You won't feel vulnerable? Oh, I mean, me as a person, I'll open up. I'll start saying <laughs> But to stuff. anybody? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fully, I'm an open book. You know, I keep, there's certain things about me that I'll keep to myself because that's something that I'm working on. But majority of my stuff, like my past experiences, I'm so open about that because I know the person in front of me has probably gone through that before and they would love to hear that and feel like they weren't alone. So when you're writing with, in this session, and you're you create those two records. Are you tapping into your past or your present? Everything. Maybe even tapping into my future. Think about like, what's, what do I want? What do I want? What don't I have yet? Like, what is something that I'm working towards, you know? And, um, or maybe it's just a mixture of it all. You know, like, I like, sometimes I like making songs that don't have a certain topic. I'm just talking about my life and just kind of say whatever. Do you think you're in the pop punk genre, punk rock genre? I see myself in it, yeah, but I think that, you know, at this point, I just, I'm an artist, you know, and because the pop, uh, punk pop stuff, like, it just comes so natural to me. I'll go in there, and I'll freestyle one of those songs, and, like, I don't know, they're always my favorite, because it just has so much energy, and, like, makes me want to just jump around. It's also the greatest, like, community, in my opinion, like, they're very loving and accepting, and it's just great. But also, they're sick at the yeah, same time yeah yeah like, yeah they're all fucking weird <laughs> so it's just like it's cool like yeah. i like that area you know and but i also love like the rap world too like that's what i came up off of and you know i always appreciate and love that music but like if i can i'll blend it all you know i mean you bring something currently in punk rock that is not really being fulfilled by somebody of the next generation 
Right. I have to show you some of the shit that I've recently been working on. You're going to lose your shit. Would love to hear it. Also, the idea of you singing in Spanish and making music in Spanish is fucking amazing. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I'll just manifest it. I want, I want Bad Bunny on this song. Oh, giddy up. You know, we're both from Puerto Rico, and I think that's, like, the one person that I would love to work with because I, I truly do look up to him, especially coming from where I come from. Like, it's amazing to see someone doing so good. One, that couch has, you know great manifestation powers for Dan and I, none, but for our guests, like it's, am it's actually amazing. And we can literally whip out a dozen examples of people saying stuff on the couch and it coming true. So put it out there, please. Oh, perfect. But is there a responsibility for you to show people, I mean, whether it be from Puerto Rico or from Corpus Christi that like, if you have a dream, like you, you can make it like it is, do you feel responsibility to, yeah. I mean, not be a positive role model, but, to at but least I shed think, light on your story and you your know, being. In my opinion, if somebody like comes from nothing and does something like this, like you should let people know. Like yeah. it's completely possible. I was in your shoes three years ago. Like now I'm in the best position I've ever been in my life. You you worked at Walmart. You were moving packages at UPS. Yeah. UPS was my last job and I <laughs> shoot, I almost threw hands with my boss. <laughs> really? Yeah, dude. Cause like it's so, like I'd clock in at three in the morning, right? <gasps> Three oh. in the fucking morning. And I wouldn't get out of work till 5 p.m. Dude. With one 15-minute break. That's and, slavery. Yeah. Sorry, but it is. But, but that, so there's a blue, yellow, and a red belt. I'm on the blue belt, and these packages are going down the belt super fast. And you, I have to, you, you expect me to organize these boxes to go down the belt, right? And you expect me to grab my boxes and load the truck and organize in the truck at the same time. So, like, I'm, like, my back hurts. I'm sweating my ass off, and it's 50 degrees in this warehouse. And two or three boxes weren't organized correctly, so my boss comes over there, and he kind of shoves me a little bit, and then he starts yelling at me, calling me an idiot, da-da-da-da, like, you didn't, you're not doing this shit right, like, I'm going to fire you. And I remember I was just so tired that I grabbed him by his shirt, and I slammed him into the truck, and I was like, don't you ever put your fucking hands on me again. I'll, I will beat your ass, bro, like... You're going to be here. I remember, I'll never forget this. I told him, I was like, you'll be here for the rest of your damn life. I won't be here long. I was like, I'm going to blow up and I'm going to be gone. And I remember the lady next to me just laughed at me. And I, that shit just sat in my head forever. I heard that laugh ringing in my head. And once it happened, I was just like, there it is. Like, that's what I was waiting on. Your main source of fuel is people telling you that, like, this wouldn't happen. Do it. If you tell me I can't do something, I will go do it. It's crazy. I'll find a way. If you say it's impossible, I'll show you that it's not. Do you think your dad thinks you're successful right now? Yeah. What proved it to him? They never knew I went to L.A. When I went to L.A., I never told him. I was like, I'm not going to call you until I sign my deal. So when I did it, I called my dad. It's the first person I call. I'm like, I did it. I did it. I did it. And this is how his mind works. He starts crying. I thought I killed somebody. He's like, what did you do? What did you do? What did you do? I'm like, no, dad. Like, I just signed a deal. I'm in L.A. And that's when he really started crying. He was like, what? No. Like, no, don't lie to me. And it was a really proud moment for me. Like, whether, like, regardless of, like, the past, you know, everything. I'm not trying to hold a grudge on my yeah. own dad, you know. So I was just like, there it is. Like, if you're happy for me, that's great. If you're not, well, I did it anyways. And was, I mean. He was ecstatic. He was super happy. And he was just like, he'd never seen it done before, you know, especially coming from Puerto Rico. We we're homeless. Like, he's never seen that happen. So it was like the first ever for him. And like, 
our day and age compared to theirs, like they couldn't use social media to their advantage. Totally. We could use that shit and post a video of you farting. And if it's funny enough, you're <laughs> viral, you know, like it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Right? So, you know, for him to realize that now he like, he knows and he's like making sneakers and stuff and like trying to like sell sneakers, like, <laughs> like do, do your thing, <laughs> you know, like, but I, I'm just happy that I was able to like change the family chain for my life. It's wild. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's right. The most respect, truly, because a lot of people would take, a lot of people would hear what society is throwing at them and take it as gospel and bail, dude. Yeah. Like a lot of people would hear like their parents shedding any, you know, ounce of doubt and, 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 and hear it and then tap out and not keep going. Yeah. Like the worst situation for me was like. So I played basketball, like, from middle school all through high school. And I played on this, like, AAU team. So, like, all the dads, like, know each other and shit. And I remember my friend calls me one day, and he was like, yo, dude, your dad was at our house, and he's, like, talking crazy about you. He's, like, saying that, like, you're out of your mind right now. Like, not, like, making this music and stuff and thinking that you're going to do all this stuff and it's not going to happen. And he doesn't think, like, it's any good. And that was the day that I was field i was like oh you have no idea what's about to happen like i'm gonna go like it just made me go way harder i mean yeah to the point where you had a song that was on the radio every every radio station every 40 minutes for like i don't know a year yeah it was it was it was up there man well i mean you can't avoid it nah i mean i can't i can't even avoid it at this point i'm at the gas station last night filling up my dirt bike and this guy's <laughs> screaming out the car and it's, I think it's the most beautiful thing ever I like that's what I worked my ass off for like to have that feeling right there never like really thought about the money never really knew how much fucking money it came with mm. like I just knew I wanted people to like to listen to my story and relate to it like the thought of a kid hearing my song a thousand miles away and relating to it and loving it was what I wanted all along. And there's a responsibility with that, right? Being yeah. an example to the next generation. And I mean, you are like, quite honestly, like on 10 K projects is the label, correct? Yeah. You're the shining star of the label. Right. You're also by, is it fair to say like probably the most shining example to the next generation? Yeah. I mean, on that label. Yeah. Yeah. By far. Right. I mean, it's yeah. Takashi six, nine and Trippy red. Yeah. Like, yeah. Then you, I mean, I want kids to listen to you. <laughs> yeah. No offense to Kashi 69. No, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm here for the youth. Like, my favorite thing is whenever, like, a mom comes up to me. She's like, he's just really shy and he wants to say hi. <laughs> and this is little kid that's, like, five. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what's up? Yeah. And they're just, like, like looking at me like a superhero. And I'm like, that's my favorite thing in the world. When you're picking collaborators... Is there a do you do you is there a barometer? Is there a temperature check? Is there a how do you pick? Who, how do you determine? When I, whenever I first started, I just wanted to work with the people that I loved, like and those are the people that I wanted to meet and become friends with and have relationships with. So like you know for instance like Gunna Gunna was like when I got that feature I was so fucking happy like I fuck with bro heavy, and. You know, also like Thug. Yeah, we don't have a Thug feature yet, but that's like one that I like. I really want so bad. Is it weird that you run heat waves? No, 
I love glass animals. That's another one that when they asked me like to hop on that song, I was like, dude, a thousand percent. And they're alternative too. Yeah. How do you approach a song like that? I mean, how do you approach a feature like that? Cause it's a record that's been out and you have to take it and still make it your own. Oh, I'll do that. Just leave me open. I'll make it my own in two seconds. Really? Is that yeah. easier than coming up with something from nothing? Yeah. Cause I feel like they did most of the work. I know the concept of the song. Like it's there. Like I just got to Let me add something to it. But you could also like add the wrong thing. Yeah, I mean, that's a possibility, but I would never send it to him. I, so bef whenever I do a feature, I'll, I'll do a verse. If it comes out pretty quick, I'll sit with it for like a day or two. I'll listen to it, and if, if I don't like it, all right, we got to go back, and we got to make a new verse. Has that happened before? Yeah, yeah, it's happened before. And, you know, I just, you know, I'll never put anything out that I don't like because I'm not going to get it right on the first time. Nobody ever does. I mean, if you do, great, you know, but it's just how it is, and I'll... I'll sit with it and I'll listen to it in the car. You know, I'll car test it. I'll test it on the earbuds. I'll test it, you know, on my like house speakers that I've set up around the house. And yeah, my favorite thing to do is like, whenever I'm going to go to the studio, it's necessarily like there's not a producer. I have like a pack. Uh, I have ha speakers set up in every corner of my house. So while I'm walking through the house, you hear the song That's throughout the whole house, right? So I'll put a beat on and I'll put it at like a medium volume and I'll just go around my house throughout right. my day and I'll write. And that's, that's sick. Like, like that's like this new thing that I started doing that I really love. That's like, it's stimulating. Yeah. And like just music at that certain temperature or temperature at that certain volume, like it's just, it's kind of like pleasing and calming. That's really cool. Well, you were on tickets to my downfall and mainstream sellout. So what's it like when MGK's putting these albums out? Cause you know, like the whole world's watching him to see what he's doing next. What's it like? collaborating with him on his own album like what is he looking for what does he come to you with he's just like yo Ian, let's get in the studio like let's just make something because he's the same way as me he doesn't sit there and like try to like make one thing like we just go in there and recreate and maybe while we're there we're like well, actually i'm feeling like let's do like kind of something like a cure vibe mm -hmm. you know like or with strokes or you know something like that and that's as far as we get like for reference and then after that like we kind of just create you know because the song that uh, Fake Love Don't Last That was originally my song And I had made it with Ryan's header But um, Kels asked me if he could use it And I was like dude go crazy You know you're my boy Like, Oh wow Let's do it So you know He just kept one of the verses And then he, he did the hook And then made a verse for himself And that's, that's, how, that's how it came out What do you add to a song Or a studio session That nobody else can add My energy is everything that I have You know I go into the studio like some people sometimes like I've I've kind of like made people jump because I walk in that shit hot, <laughs> walk in the door like walking fast. I guess I just have a lot of energy and people jumped like whoa, like thought you were about to rob us, <laughs> you know? Like um, I feel like you know my energy is the best thing I could bring to the studio and I don't know. I guess like the way I like hear music and like put it out is a lot different than how people do, you know? Because whenever whenever I'm in there like I always get that reaction when they're like. Like, whoa, because I don't know, it's just a blend, like it's such a blend of like rock, alt, rap, pop, Yeah, you know, like I like to make my pre-choruses pop and then I'll do my verses rap and I'll make like a pop melody hook with trap drums and <laughs> like, I don't know, just, I just fuck up a whole song, like just however I want to hear it. So is that what Kells is expecting from you when he invites you in to work on a record? Maybe. I don't know. I, th I think, like, we just vibe so, like, he's, that's, like, big bro, you know? And I remember the first day I met him, after that trap session, we went to the mall, <laughs> took our skateboards, Sick. and we just started 
and skating all in it, getting chased by security <laughs> guards, like all this shit. Like, and I don't know, dude, like the, we just vibe, you know, and it's not, it's never like, it's effortless when we're in the studio together, you know? Cause like, we'll be like sitting on the couch together. Like, Oh yeah. Fuck with that. What about this? Like, okay, cool. I fuck with that too. Like, and the song just kind of happens like really fast. Everless. Yeah. That's how you know. Why did you show him that song in the first place? If you and Ryan Tedder were working on it, like, were you working on music for yourself? Well, so I was originally going to put that in this album that I'm yeah. working on. Ryan Tedder showed it to Kels. Oh. He was like, yo, look at what me and Ian have been working on. He was like, holy fuck, this is really fucking good. Like, da da da. And I was like, yeah, ask me. He was like, can I put it in my album? I'm like, dude, yeah. Like, what kind of, like, friend would I be? Like, no. Nah, my song. <laughs> you know, like, no, I'm not going to be like that, dude. I'll make another five song. Don't worry about it. Like, let's, let's put it in your album. As, as long as it's coming out. Yeah. And I'm on it still, like, let's do it. You know? And we just put it out and so in that moment it's like it is it's not it is selfless but not because the song does have the potential to be a hit yeah and even bigger of a hit maybe yeah than if it was just yours yeah right i mean you never know nowadays shit yeah. shit'll take off you yeah, could have yeah. 10 followers you drop a fire song it's out of here and your whole life's different yeah like so i don't ever think about it like that like i, I knew it was a hit and to me i was like all right why not have the best song on the album here you go like, let's do it you know <laughs> Like, yeah. So, yeah. And that's the right attitude. Sometimes if you like are too closed off and you don't like open up to working with people and stuff like you're missing opportunities. Totally. And I'm not going to be that person came from nothing. I'm not missing out on shit. You you, are you the person who says yes to every session? No, I won't say yes to every session, but I'll, I'll work with a majority of people unless like, I just feel like I'm not going to go do a country song. It's not me. I can't. Have you been asked? Yeah. <laughs> By who? I don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm not in that world. Like, I just don't know much That's one genre it. you will not have been maybe, to? Maybe one day I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> but, I mean, you did grow up in Corpus Christi. Yeah, I did. So. But the scene out there, like, you would think, like, you're in Texas, oh, you're going to see horses with cowboy, you know, cowboy boots everywhere. Like, you will see cowboy hats and cowboy boots and people talk like this, and like, you know, let's go to the ranch, whatever, like, but it's very much like a normal city, yeah. you know, and there's a lot more going on, like, the, like, like, gang shit out there is pretty high. It's know? bad. It's pretty bad. You know, I have a couple of homies that are locked up, and, like, I mean, it's pretty sad, but, like, that's just what it is, and you could easily be hanging around with the wrong crowd out there and just get caught in some shit. Or, like, I remember, like, one of my best friends, uh, right after I flew out here, his name was P-Dog, and he calls me, he was like, baby boy, you made it. Like, I'm gonna come out there, I'm gonna come see you, I'm gonna come make some money, and I'm gonna go see you. Like, this is crazy. That night, he tried to steal lean from somebody, and he got shot 11 times with a Draco. Completely decapitated his arms off his body, everything. So I get the call the next morning that he's dead. And I couldn't help but feel like that was my fault for the longest time. It's like he, I was the last person he talked to, saying he's going to go make money to come to L.A. Now he's dead. So I was like, fuck, bro. Like for the longest time, dude, I was fucked up. How, how do you deal with that? How do you manage that? How do you I comprehend just, it? Like whenever it comes to like things like that, like I can't talk to people about it. I refuse to talk to people about it. I'll deal with it on my own. I, you know I'm not okay because I'll be quiet. And you, you could just tell I'm in a different world. 
Like, what is dealing with it on your own? Is music a part of that? Yeah, definitely music. You know, and and like I remember like what I did is I just hopped in the car and I just drove to like the nearest view, just sat on the hood of my car and just smoked, and I had a beer and just fucking you know poured half of it out for him and just kind of just sat there and just tried to like soak it in I guess like I'll never talk to him again you know that's always like the hardest part like knowing that you won't be able to talk to that person again and, but you know things happen and you can't control it and that's life you know we could be gone tomorrow you never know it's like, true so might as well just live while you can live while you can but also seize opportunities and dreams exactly, exactly. That goes back to like what we were well, just talking well, about. Because it could have easily been you in his position too if you didn't take advantage of like, I don't know, your wants and your passions and I've, aspirations. Yeah, I've had a couple moments like that because I used to sell like before I moved. And he was, he was like my dealer, you know, so that was like my boy, like coming up the whole time. And he watched it all from step one to like now, you know, like he's seen it all happen. So he was just happy. But I remember one time um, I had just picked up from him and... I was going to, to drop some stuff off at this at this party. I didn't want to go alone, so I asked my homie to come with me, but he wasn't he's not really into parties and shit, so he, he wasn't down. And so I ended up going by myself. I go in there and you know, I'm I'm making the deals or whatever. And then when I I saw my my current girlfriend's ex-boyfriend there. So like the girl, the girlfriend that I had at the time, Got it. her ex-boyfriend and his boys were in that party and I'm by myself. So they were like, perfect. So I knew what was about to happen. I, I dropped stuff off and I, I go to my car and I quickly put all my shit in the car. And as I'm getting in, I hear like five footsteps running towards me before I could even turn around. I got rocked, completely knocked out, hit my face on the car, like. They took all my clothes, they took my shoes, they took all, everything that was in my car, all my money, everything. <sighs> and, man, that was, like, the worst experience I had had in a long time. Just sitting in my car with nothing. No phone, nothing. Like, wallet, gone. All the cash that I made, gone. Like, <clears throat> that was rock bottom for me right there. And I was just, like... I had no idea what to like tell anybody like but then literally like three weeks after that get hit up to go to LA and it was just like thank you God like just saved me because I, I knew I knew as soon as I got there I'm never going back that have was, you been back I have is that hard took me a while right. to go back um only because you know, people hate in my city sometimes. And, you know, I have those people that people, I get a lot of love, but I also get a lot of hate. And, you know, I'm not trying to die in that city. People pull up on me and shoot me and sit. You really, you fear for your life when you go to Corpus Christi? Yeah. I get, like, messages, like, as soon as I see you out here, you're done. Like, and there's people that, like, I used to hoop with that are just mad. Yeah, that you made it out and they didn't. Exactly. They're still in, in that city trapping trapping it out. Like, and they're mad. Or they feel like, oh, you didn't take me with you, so I'm going to take you down. Like, and it's just like, I'll never give you that chance. It has to be frightening. Or sad. It's both. Yeah. 
it's both. You know, you think that like the place that you make it out of, like it's the place you're gonna get the most love, but it's also one of the places that you get the most hate too. You know, and because they're not you, because they're not me, or because you know they're not with me. You know, and what can you do? That's yeah. rough. When you see stories like Young Dolph, does that type of situation that's, like scare you? That's exactly what I was thinking in my head when I was talking yeah. about that. You know, it's like it's really sad. I mean, X. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like you go, you will die in your hometown. It's the saddest thing ever, but it's so true because that's where your main haters are. Dang, it gives me goosebumps. It's fucked up, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, the place that you're, you, you all you want to do really is probably lift up. Yeah. And, you know. I mean, you just want to go to your roots. Yeah, be an example for her. I mean, it, yeah. It is what it is, you know. And, you know, my, my mom, my mom and my dad, like, split up recently. So, like, my mom lives in San Antonio now, like, in her new house and stuff. So, if I want that feeling, I just go to San Antonio. They'll accept you there. Yeah. They want you there. Yeah, they want me there. <laughs> and it's it's also, like, I've, you know, grew up going to San Antonio all the time. So, it's like, I'm very familiar with it. And it's called, kind of like a new home. So it's cool. It fills the void. But really, you know, home is where, you know, you are and your family is. And Yeah. I haven't been back to Puerto Rico in a while, though. That's like, I want to make that trip soon. What, what do you think of like, you know, that's where you're really from and that's the, the language that you, you first spoke. What do you think of celebrities, quite like, just to be frank, fucking using and abusing Puerto Rico like nobody's business? Oh, my God. I mean... I'm glad you guys finally realized that it's cheaper out there. That's great. No taxes, amazing, right? But, I mean, at least respect it. Yeah. You know, just respect the place because, like, there's a lot going on out there that's, like, like, for instance, like, if you are in Puerto Rico, there's just, you know, if you guys ever go out there, like, do not go down the roads to dip down and come back up. You will not come back up with your car. Oh. Cops don't even go down there. It's It's terrifying. That over there is bad. Like, the cops are corrupt. Yeah, they'll they'll like pull you over, give you the fat ticket, or take you to jail for weed, and then hop in the car and smoke that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like because they can, because they can, they can get away with it. Like it's just what it is. But I love Puerto Rico though. So like, just going like all my family's out there, all of it. Like I mean, I do have family members, you know, that eventually like left and you know live in North Carolina or like Miami or Orlando and like or New York. You know, anywhere that a Puerto Rican goes is pretty much Florida, New York. <laughs> you have relatives. <laughs> yeah, everywhere in Florida, bro. Like, but it's because, like, you get, it's so close to Puerto Rico. It's yeah. the easiest flight to get in. And you have everything that you got in Puerto Rico. Like, the water's still clear. It's sunny, you know, because it's hot on Christmas in Puerto Rico. And you want that. I, yeah. I mean, I do now, like, I've realized that being in a cold place can also be paradise because I got into, like, snowboarding and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's like a different emotional plane that you get to like oh, exist man. on. Dude, I fucking love snowboarding. Like I went on like a spree because like I recently just got sober. So like. Congratulations. Thank you. And in that time I was getting sober. I didn't want to go to like a rehab center. I'd rather just detox in the mountains. So I, I went and went to Utah, to Park City. I went to Mammoth. I went to Big Bear. We hit um, Tahoe. And like in that month, and I just remember like not feeling the need for any of that shit while I was up there. Completely forgot about everything. Before I knew it, I was like, I'm fine. You know, like the worst part was the withdrawals, which I took care of like before I even left my house. But like after that, it was just great. And like you just forget about everything. When you're on that mountain, you just see the view and like you got your earbuds in and you're like all geared up. Like you feel good. What are you listening to? 
young boy. <laughs> I remember, like, I was, I don't know what song it is. So if you, young boy, if you see this, you got to tell me what song it is. But I was listening to this song, and I went on the double black for my first time in Utah. Casual what? That's, so that's uncasual. Like, I mean, no, yeah, you brought it up like it was casual. My, my friend, like, is really, he's been snowboarding for two years, so he's like, yo, let's go do this one like I got you. Fuck <laughs> you. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, bro. <laughs> so, like, on this black belt, there's no direction to go left, or, like, left or right. Mm -hmm. So I start sending it left and quickly just slam on my brakes, bro, and I stop at the edge of the mountain, staring at, like, a 50-foot drop. Yo. And I'm, like, holding my breath, like, like, this is it, I'm dead. Like, so I go out on a fucking mountain in Utah, <laughs> and I remember slowly, because I have the step on, so there's, like, the clamp ones. Okay. And there's step on, mm -hmm. so I untook my, I did my, undid my step ons slowly, and just started digging my feet into the snow, like, slowly edging my way this way. And while I was listening to Young Boy, he says the craziest shit that got my, like, I was motivated as fuck. I was like, I'm getting off this mountain. <laughs> he said, I'm in Utah in the mountain in my fitted. Or in my fitted. And I was like, bet. I was like, I sure am. Like, let's go. Let's go. And I fucking, oh, man, it was the scariest shit ever because, like, the drop was, like, down like that to, like, to get to the bottom of the mountain. So I just grabbed my board, hugged it, and I just slid down. By the time I got off that mountain, I was sweating. Yeah. And it's, like, 20 degrees out. But, like, that... Like that in your like life or death moment matched with that lyric in your ear. Like that 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 it, has to help in clearing your mind and dude, it got the adrenaline pumping through me. Like after that, and you find like, a high from a different place. Yeah, dude. How? What are the odds of him saying I'm in Utah? Because I was in Utah. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Utah in the mountains and my fitted. And, and you're fitted, yeah. And I was fitted. Hey, do you have mountains on your? Is that your right arm? Yeah. Sick. So it's like I got this. From that same guy that I paid the $25 for. <laughs> this whole arm. This is my first tattoo. This is like whenever wow. I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Music is my life. I, I got this. And I remember I was trying to hide it. And and, and like it was showing like that. My, my mom was like, what the fuck? Like started screaming at me in Spanish. Um, she was cool with it after. But yeah, I got this one. Because I want to be connected with the universe. So I was like, let me get all the elements on me. And I'll be one with, with the universe. And. Hopefully it'll be on my side from now on. Damn. Yeah. Working out so far? Working out so far. I know we're getting ready for a tour. Yeah. You're going on the road with Kells, mm -hmm. Travis. Travis. Trippy Av Red. Trippy it's Red. huge. Avril Lavigne. Avril. Modson. Modson's going to be coming out with Avril. Okay. I don't know go. if he, he's doing his own set. There we go. Thank, thank you. There's so many people. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's fuck. sick. <laughs> I'm so hyped, man. Like, And especially, like, there's nothing better than being on tour with the people that you love. Like this is this by far will be my favorite tour that I've ever done, dude. It's family. It's a vacation. Yeah, and you get to perform and uh, do what you love and doing my like dream venue that like I was. What like, is it? Madison, Madison Square. Not casual. <laughs> it's gonna be. I'm gonna cry after that show. I mean, you should. I remember I would stand in front of my TV every day after school watching the Forest Hills documentary that J Cole put out, performing at Madison Square. I'd watch that shit and I would dream of it. So like that moment when I step out, just right when I step out, it's just, it's gonna take a second to soak it in. Like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a movie. 
Are you soaking this in, or do you feel like you just go from A to B to C really quick? Uh, for like the first like two and a half years of my career, I was just going A B to C nonstop. What's the next thing? Let's go, let's go, let's go. But now, like as things are happening, like they're really hitting, and I think it's because you know I'm present. Before I was just I'd be fucked up every day. I remember when I first met my manager, we got off on the wrong foot because I was always fucked up. Now she's my best friend, <laughs> you know. So it's just like. <laughs> It's crazy, like the things that were I thought were helping me were really the problem. But she rode with you, and she the did. people rode with you. Yeah, and those are the people that will be in my life forever, and I'll ride for you. Was there a moment you realized it was time to get sober? Yeah, I had um, I had a, an incident where it was kind of scary, where I almost didn't wake up, and it was really dark, and it was like the day. Um, before I lost my main director too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that week was just so fucked for me, bro. Like I couldn't record without crying. Anything I recorded, I was just like, like hyperventilating, like could not function. And I remember when she told me that he passed, I remember having like hour conversations with this dude. Like we're going to start a production company. We're going to make movies in the future. Like we had the, the, like the craziest ideas and all that was just running through my head when she told me that. And I just, I was in the car, I was in the passenger seat, luckily. And I was just like, take me to the Harley dealership. And I went straight over there and I bought a Harley and I engraved his name on the, on the gas can. So that anytime I feel like I want to talk to him, I'm just going to hop on that Harley. And I'm going to go to view and just update him on everything. And that was like, that's the only way that I'd be okay with it. That's a lot to process and a lot to take in. Yeah. I mean, like, he was amazing, dude. He was like so talented and he was going to do some crazy shit, man. And I mean, it's life. <laughs> like it's, yeah sad man heart-wrenching yeah so the way you cope from that is it is it th through drugs and then i was yeah like i was just using it to numb me i didn't want to feel that like i'd rather just feel happy and for the longest time like that stuff made me happy but on the inside i was miserable i was crumbling on the inside and Never tell anybody. I'll never tell anybody about anything. I'll deal with it on my own. I'll always act like I'm okay. So people that see me on social media think I'm the happiest kid in the world. I'm like, was really going through it. And I mean, cause who am I to like drag people down with my emotions? Like I'd rather like at least make you feel happy. You know, even if I'm not happy. And yeah, but like, just got to the point where I couldn't hide it anymore. But by the way, like people there's strength in sharing and there's there is and i never knew that though like i always felt like people would judge me for for what i'm going through and now like like john feldman like he'll have aa meetings at his crib so i'll pull up and i'll just like hang out you know and talk to everybody you know and it's a bunch of like musicians and stuff so it's like super chill and I don't know, like that feels great, you know, being able to let all that out and then somebody be like, bro, same. Understanding. Yeah. And that's like, that's the beautiful thing about it. Like, and you know, I'll never regret anything that I've done in my life. I think that everything that I went through built me into the person I'm into, that I am today. So thank you. 
thank you for the experiences. I have a tremendous amount of respect for you. And um, really, truly, I think there's so many things people should walk away with from with, 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 there's so many things that people should walk away with from this conversation. But I think the one thing is like, you know, your dreams are possible, but also sobriety is possible too. Yeah. Like a lot of people, they don't think it's possible. And uh, in turn, they give in. And I think on two sides, right? People fighting addiction and those who are around those fighting addiction. And um, yeah, I think I think even more important to those who are around those fighting addiction is don't bail on people because it is possible. And I think, God, being around people, but riding with people, it makes all the difference. Yeah, my best friend was there for me through all that, even in the worst times when I was not the best friend to him. You know, and I don't know, like I just... I look back on those days and I was like, wow, I was so blinded from the way I was acting. Truly thought it was okay. It was not okay. Like, that's what that stuff will do to you. It'll make you feel like you're on top of the world. But really, you are still hurting. And on top of that, you're digging yourself a hole. Yeah, a lonely hole. A lonely hole, man. And I mean, this is kind of personal, but like, I just remember like crying in my bed like rolling around the withdrawals were so bad my blood pressure rising like sweating out you know like it's the darkest shit ever and like going through that like i'll never put my body through that again you know there's a lot it's physical it's emotional it's everything yeah and this next album the first song is me talking into a tape recorder every day documenting how i feel really yeah. When did you know that you had to do that? Whenever I knew I was going to get sober, I was like, I need to document this so I can listen back and hear how terrible I sounded. As a reminder or As what? As a reminder to never do that shit again. Wow. So I sat there with the tape recorder in day one, day two, day three, mm. and just let it all out. And you know, I've, I've even listened to back to it like recently and it made me cry. Like I didn't sound like me, you know, for the longest time I was not present. Like, and the one thing that, like, really hit me was, like, I was with a couple homies, and I fell asleep playing Monopoly with them. And they were like, bro, he's like, I never seen you like that. It was like, the lights were on, but nobody was home. And it just hit me, bro, and I was just, I don't know, really just made me, like, want to just fix myself. And you're going to showcase that on the album? Yeah. Is the album done? We're still working on a couple songs. It's majorly done. I think we only need like three or four more songs and it'll be finished. Do you know what story you're telling with it? Really just telling the experiences that I had while I was on that stuff, how I felt. There's some songs where like, I, sounds like I love this shit, but that's just how I felt in the moment. And there's songs, you know, there's times where like, I didn't give a fuck if I died. It's like, take me tomorrow. Like, I don't care. You know, and I was just like, not okay. And so I'm, you know, there's songs about that. There's songs about my homies, you know, like thinking about all those times that we fought. And when you hear this song, I hope you can forgive me up in heaven, you know, like songs like that. And I don't know, it's very, very like personal album again, like this time around. What, what can you say about Live Fast, Die Numb? Live Fast, Die Numb is the perfect example of me from 19 to 21, actually to 22, I did not care at all 
about what happened to me. I'm going to do what I want in whatever way I want. And whatever the repercussions are, I'll deal with them. That's what that song means to me. It's just like really just not caring. Blind, naive. Blind, driving with my eyes closed. Like just not, I really just didn't care, man. Like the person you're talking to today is not the person that I was a couple months ago. <laughs> you know, just a couple months ago is like whenever I kind of stepped back into my shoes and started becoming myself. Like, I'll see people that I haven't seen in a couple months, and they're like, bro, what? Like, you're glowing. <laughs> like, it's so funny. Like, that's, it's crazy. Like, I had met you, like, randomly at uh, some house, like, maybe a couple, like, maybe a year ago. Yeah. A year and a half ago. And then I saw you at dinner, and I had no idea. Like, I ran into you at a restaurant literally last week, and I had, I could I you look like a different person I had no idea who you were I remember you looked at me and you were like like wait hold on yeah <laughs> yeah dude like I don't know it's just it's beautiful man like to like be able to like step out of that phase and like stare at myself from that perspective you know like even like I'll give you like a little like sneak peek of like what we're doing for the video for live fast die numb is like it's every single version of me to the one today and there's a scene where there's two cars playing chicken you know what chicken is like yeah, when they drive yeah. towards each other until somebody chickens out and there's like four different versions of me in the car like hyping it up like let's go like crash into them like fuck them up whatever like those are like and then you know each one has a different emotion like there's gonna be one that's just like scared in the back like like fuck like why am i here and the, this version of me will be in the middle stopping it all like before it's too late that's beautiful and the end of the video is just me sitting in this room and all the versions are standing around me just staring at me and you know it's just helping to get that story out hard to revisit who you were is it hard yeah yeah it is and you know like i'll just uh, there's so much footage you know that i'll watch and just like damn you see my eyes like you know just like fading off and like i'm just talking to the camera saying some bullshit you know and you, you feel lucky to be alive yeah i do i feel like there's been a handful of times where i shouldn't have been mm -hmm. but i guess my time isn't up yet you're here for a reason yeah please go see indy or on tour there's going to be a link in the description below also listen to his music link down there too do you have a date for the album not yet, but I will be releasing it on that tour. Cool. So um, I could tell them that for now. So Yo, we've covered a lot here, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Your honesty and your being and your art really the most respected. I really appreciate you very, very much. I appreciate you too. This like this interview felt like just like a like a friendly conversation, you know. That's it, what it was. I didn't I didn't get the so who was Ian Dior? <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Um, <laughs> me <laughs> like what else do you want to know <laughs> but yeah no I really appreciate this talk for real dude at, at literally any time we are here I appreciate you very much man I appreciate you really thanks for hanging out with us today yeah, this tour you. is going to be awesome look at that lineup yeah it's beautiful dude fuck. <laughs> <laughs> how cool is it seeing your name on that by oh, the way man. buy tickets link in the description below Ian Dior everybody Hey, beautiful human, you made it through our conversation with Ian Dior. If you want to see it, it's up on YouTube. All you got to do is search the Zach Zang Show, and you'll see it.
It's that easy, I, I promise. And let us know who we should talk to next. We're always taking guest suggestions. At Zach Sang Show on every form of social media. Now, please be safe. Hug your family if you can. And don't go to jail. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Peace and love. Today's show is hosted and executive produced by Zach Sang. It was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Grace Delia, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Russack, and Olivia Rudensky. Music by James Ashuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce, and Joseph Hartshorn. Sound mixing was done by Daniel Chavez-Crook and Ivan Wayman. Post-production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was Michelle Dorostock. And our production coordinator was Bryce Herless. And that was an episode of The Zach Sang Show. Talk to you soon.